mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode two of the No Mercy podcast. Episode one was a smash, in my opinion. I thought it went great. Um, me and Jeff Manns, you guys can go check that out on iTunes for those asking how to get it on other outlets. I think it's all over the place. It's on Podbean, and I don't know. I have producers who do all that shit. But, um, this is episode two, and in this episode, we're going to be going over more gambling stuff. So I have a new guest who I'll introduce in a second, but I first wanted to just throw a couple things out there. Go to Twitter and follow at NoMercyPod. Uh, Kurt's going to be running the Twitter account. He's going to be posting highlights and promotional shit, too. So we'll have some giveaways. We'll have some you know best review type stuff where you can win T-shirts and swag and shit like that. So go follow at NoMercyPod. He'll also tweet out when the new pods are up. Uh, so that's one thing you need to do. Follow me on Twitter at Tommy G and also on Instagram at Tommy G DFS. I have like 38,000 Twitter followers. And I only have like 3000 Instagram followers and all the bitches are on Instagram. So I can't get any girls to be impressed if I only have 3000 Instagram followers. So I need you guys to help out. All right. So we need to do that. Um, one review from the last pod. Um, first of all, we made it up to number eight in the sports category, which is just, I mean, incredible i was hoping to hit the top 200 um we made it up to eight i think we're currently sitting at 13 so that motivated me to come out and do another podcast immediately uh, let's just keep these things popping like maybe we'll do three or four a week of these things uh as long as we have to but if you guys like it and you guys are going to interact the way you did and all the reviews were amazing the twitter responses were amazing i got to be honest with you i know i'm usually a dick and i'm going to be a dick for the next hour but i was truly humbled by everything yesterday uh the reviews were the best uh, what we're going to do, we're going to start a new thing on Twitter. Guys, put the reviews on iTunes. The tweets are amazing, but throw them on iTunes. I want iTunes to have the dirtiest, grimiest, complimentary, not bad ones, Twitter uh, reviews for our pod. So I'm going to read my two favorite ones from the pod, and then we're going to get and uh, introduce our guest here. Uh, the first one, I'm going to call you guys names out, and then we're going to do contests for best reviews, too, as we go forward. But uh, first one, I just finished listening to the first episode of No Mercy. I'm horrified, disgusted, sick to my stomach. Really looking forward to the next one. And then we had Ian Hobbs. That first one was Dennis Tangway. And then we had Ian Hobbs, which was my favorite one, Hot Squash 21. This is what a sports podcast should be. Sports with a sprinkle of millennial hatred, anal ingestion of drugs, and fucking each other. When's the next one? So uh, I'm glad you guys are as perverted and dirty as your godfather myself is. And uh, we have someone else coming on the pod for this episode who is probably as grimy and raunchy as I am, maybe even worse, but he's got kids and a reputation to uphold, so he tries to pretend he's not. Ladies and gentlemen, at MLB Model on Twitter, and we're going to talk about that handle in a second. You guys should know him, Rob, who is uh, one of the guys who's been here with me from the beginning when we started this company, and we're going to talk about his Twitter presence in a minute. But Rob, how you doing, brah? What's up, dude? <laughs> 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 what's up dude yeah and equally as this, fucking grimy be, this, i assure you this is gonna be, what's up dude way to bring the fucking energy you're following <laughs> jeff manns rob you better fucking stick a shot of adrenaline in your fucking ass so uh so i get questions all the time it, it, Ryan, jeff asked it on the last podcast does mob model do other sports like why is his name mob model so Talk to us a little bit about, one, your background. You can give a serious little background of who you are because no one knows who the fuck you are because you're the worst social media follower in the fucking world. But a little bit about your serious background as a handicapper and gambler. And uh, then why the fuck your handle's MLB model when you do every sport? Yeah, so it's so funny. And fuck Jeff Manns for saying that about me. Um, <laughs> so, so MLB model started, uh, the first sport that I started actually seriously modeling and handicapping was baseball. Um, I have no desire and give no fucks about social media or Twitter, but I said, you know what, let me just give it a shot. So uh, it was just a natural fit for the MLB model, uh, uh, Twitter handle, but I do in fact do every single sport. Um, you know, Tommy said a little bit about my background. So I do, uh, I have gambled professionally, um, most of my adult life 
and um, I do model and 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 statistics. You model like model uh, sexually, like posing on cars and shit. I used to, and then um, I, you know, I used to go down to the car lots, and they fucking ran me out of there. The little guys you on used golf to be carts. at the truck stops <laughs> on the other side of the fucking in the fucking stall with the hole in it. Like you'd be sitting there on your knees waiting for the, waiting for the Bukaki parties. <laughs> glory hole, uh, the old glory glory hole, Rob. <laughs> That was my nickname in college. Tell so, them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> so that's how I got started. That's where the Twitter handle comes from. Uh, I do do every single sport, though, as Tommy knows. And Jeff yeah, and fucking Rob, man knows. Yeah, and Rob's, a, Rob's actually a professional gambler, one of the best gamblers I've ever met. Me and Rob have been doing picks uh, for GuruLeap.com for a while now for the subs, and we literally were profitable in every single sport we've done, whether it's college basketball, uh, we just smashed baseball, and now we're both, uh, I think you were undefeated. We'll go over our records in a minute last week. But uh, we did the super contest together. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Rob is the guy I respect the most in the entire industry um, as far as gambling goes, even though we had each other blocked on Twitter for a while because we fucking hated each other. This is a great story. I fucking hated Tommy G. And, and <laughs> as somebody who's never been a fan of Tommy G's work, let me tell you, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe how successful the podcast is. So, so kudos <laughs> to you on that, Tommy. You're an asshole. So speaking of uh, things I'm rooting for, you have a hurricane that's about to hit your house, right? You live in Charlotte, and uh, I'm wishing well for everyone out there in North Carolina. This hurricane looks insane. Uh, looks like it's being downgraded a tiny bit. Um, I hope Trey's okay. I hope all your kids are okay. I hope your wife's okay. I do hope you get caught in it and swept up and uh, thrown into the sky and, <laughs> and run into a fucking helicopter, though. So I am hoping that the hurricane... Can just send a tentacle out and just grab you and just fucking get you out of my life. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I will go stand outside with a baseball bat and see what happens. That's that's <laughs> perfect. So, how, how, what's going on with that? Real quick, is that uh, are you guys gonna be okay there? Yeah, it's diminished a little bit. I'm actually in Raleigh, not Charlotte, so we're a little closer to the coast. And um, you know, it looked really bad for a while, and it's sort of skirted south. So, um, you know, South Carolina is gonna get smashed way more than we are. But you know, I don't live there, so. Um, right. As long as I'm good here. So fuck those people. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So now let's talk about your Twitter. We mentioned the MLB model handle. So Rob said he doesn't give a fuck about social media, which is probably the biggest lie I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Now, I will say that maybe he didn't give a fuck initially about social media, but Rob has been on a campaign through all of our subscribers know this, Wondering why his social media doesn't have more followers. So, so Rob, I'll let you plead your case as to why you should have more followers, how many followers you currently have, why the people listening to this should follow you, and then I'm going to read some of, uh, a couple of my favorite Rob tweets ever and show them why you have less followers. Well, it makes no fucking sense. It is absolute fire all day, every day. <laughs> and let me... We have some trash... <laughs> There's at least four guys at our company that have 30,000, 20,000, and it is garbage. It's nothing but gibberish, fucking emojis, uh, uh, profanity, and I bring it every day with these one-liners, knowledge, um, photos. I bring it all, and I've got like 8,000 followers, so it makes no fucking sense to me. I can't sort it out, um, but I'm terribly underutilized on the internet. I, I will say this. I mean, I, I've been the leader of the fuck Rob, unfollow Rob campaign, but uh, I am almost as entertained by your Twitter as I am by draft cheats. But it's o I wouldn't say you're fire all the time. It's only at certain times. Rob's Twitter, for those of you that don't know, is at MLB model, is fire when he's drinking on a Friday or Saturday night. If you get, and he starts drinking really early. So you're talking like 5.30 because really Rob's early. fucking 100 years old and he goes to bed at like 10 p.m. But let me just read you some of my favorite Rob tweets. Um, one or two which have been deleted. Um, I know you deleted this one that I'm about to say right now, Rob, because you didn't want uh, to get any blowback from it. But uh, I'm going to now bring it onto national airwaves because this is a fully transparent podcast. And the title is No Mercy. Rob, so I will have no mercy on your soul for your deleted tweet of, uh, as you guys know, Matt Lauer was involved in a sexual scandal. And uh, Rob's first tweet during the Olympics was, uh, I really miss Matt Lauer at the Olympics, to the point where we all kind of went, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> uh, and then he doubled down by saying, Matt Lauer must have got so much pussy at the Olympics. <laughs> God, I love myself. I mean, holy fuck. 
that was one of your that was that that put you on the map right there, Rob. Um, another one of my favorites. Uh, Rob posts a, keep my Rob drinks canned wine and canned Coors Light. And just the biggest like country bumpkin redneck lifestyle on the weekends that you've ever seen. So he posted a picture of a salami sandwich with hot sauce and mayo with the title. Sometimes you got to treat yourself, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Another one of my favorites, stupid fucking hat. That's it. (laughs) Just stupid fucking hat. (laughs) Because what Rob does, for those of you that don't know, he actually live tweets whatever he's watching on tv without telling you what he's watching on tv so i don't think you watching Rob? or jeff Mans that told me your favorite game is to go look at my twitter and try to figure out what the fuck i'm talking about yeah the next day because i tweeted something during fifa during the world cup that the queen just pooped and i think england had just got just got beat or something but you go to that next day and you're like what the fuck is this oh the next day twitter on your account is the best because it's just like three words usually so a stupid fucking hat was in reference to do you remember some sort of a religious ceremonial hat for a culture that I don't remember. Okay. All right. Great. Um, the, you posted one about me the other day, which was interesting. Uh, walk a shame from Tommy G's house. And it was a picture of a girl with a bag of cocaine stuck to the back of her leg. Appreciate that. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then this was recent, Rob. Um, and, and I want to know what, what the responses you got were. Uh, what's the rule on eating clams from a truck? Would you like to elaborate on that? Well, so there was a truck on the side of the road that was steaming clams. So <laughs> was it actually a food truck or was it just a random truck? I have no fucking clue. This guy clams. <laughs> so I stopped and got a dozen and ate them. And uh, how, how were they? They weren't bad. I mean, you know, who doesn't like a good clam from a truck? So nothing <laughs> better than a truck clam. So afterwards, I had a little moment of, oh, fuck, I just ate clams from a truck. So I just tweeted, you know, what's the rule? And I think the best tweet and response was just don't. Like that's that's just, <laughs> just don't don't don't, don't do it. So uh, so yeah, we're gonna do uh, whenever we have Rob on, which will be every week. We'll do a gambling podcast like this, and uh, we're gonna do Rob's best tweets of the week. So uh, maybe we'll think of a hashtag or something that we could do with that um, <laughs> to see which which are the most because re- they're they're every week. Like you don't have to worry about him trying. Like he just naturally when he tries, they're bad. It's the ones when he's not trying that are actually the best. So uh, let me just do a quick plug here, and then we're gonna get into the gambling stuff. So. Uh, the betting package on guruelite.com, www. Guru, do people use www anymore? I have no fucking clue. Is that it's a thing still? I don't know. I don't but uh, guruelite.com, G-U-R-U-E-L-I-T-E. Our gambling package is straight fire. Told you guys on the last podcast, $199. You're going to go, oh, it's a lot of money. That's fucking nothing. That is fucking nothing. Dirt. Rob, how much were we going to charge for that thing? I was trying to push you at like $499 and I just kept getting vetoed. So yes, we got vetoed by the board. So uh, we dropped it down. That includes 20 plus weeks of NFL picks, NCAA picks, MMA picks, PGA picks, and MLB. So we dropped the price and put all that in. It's like less than 10 bucks a week for fucking straight flames, flames that we just spit fire. We do consensus picks every week amongst the whole staff picking every single game. We have a super contest podcast. Uh, which we'll talk about. Last year in the Super Contest, we finished, what, like 30th? The Vegas Super Contest, $1,500 entry at the Westgate. Uh, all the top handicappers in the country. We finished in the top 1%, 63% win rate. We cashed it. We were in seventh with two weeks left, ready for like $300,000 or whatever it was. But uh, what, what did we finish last year, Rob? Uh, 27th. So we cashed like, I don't know, it was like 20 Gs or something. Yeah, yeah, 27th. We had a bad last week and week and a half. I think the second half of week 16 and then week 17, we flopped a little bit. But um, and everyone said, "Oh, it was a fluke. You're gonna regress." And uh, how would we start this week, Rob? Four zero and one. So, so the way the contest works is you get a point for a win and a half a point for a tie. So we actually have four and a half points. And I think, fuck Tommy, I think we're in the top three percent for the first yeah, week, something like of that. Of course, we always are because we're fucking monsters. So uh, we we kind of collaborate on this. Uh, me, Rob, and Kevin Adams. So we're gonna do a podcast. It might be Rob and Cheetah some weeks. That's gonna be on the site behind the paywall. Uh, where we do that. So if you subscribe, you'll get that. Some weeks it'll be me and Rob. We're going to rotate all of us. Uh, but when Kevin's on, you'll get to hear us just make fun of Kevin nonstop, which is really fun at Magic Sports Guy. 24-7 chat room in that package. Survivor picks. Me and Jeff went undefeated in Survivor picks last year. The only two that posted them because everyone else is fucking lazy. Uh, tons of education like you're going to hear a little bit of on this pod. And just to give you a rundown of the eight guys who provided picks last week, I will start with myself because I'm a fucking monster. 10-4 and four last week. Gave 14 bets. Up 13.47 units. 
Two of those bets, the Jets' money line, I said, fuck Vegas, I don't need the seven points. And the Rams, I thought minus six was too easy, so I did the minus 12 and a half plus 220. That's how fucking good I am. Rob, 2-0, and undefeated. Thanks for only putting two bets in, you fucking loser. Uh, up 1.8 units. So Rob likes to be like undefeated and clean. <laughs> fucking like loser. Yeah. yeah. Tommy's the only guy who will call a guy who goes undefeated on an FL weekend a fucking loser. <laughs> Rob, just so you know, Rob's bets are very, like if it doesn't line up perfectly, he doesn't bet him, which is a good compliment to me who just donkeys in every fucking thing I could see and somehow ends up profitable. DC, draft cheat, 6-1-1, one, one, up 10.4 units. Wow. Cheetah who's running our NCAA guide, talk about that in a second, up 3-1, th- and one, up 1. 1.9 units. Man split, so he basically broke even, minus a little big. Uh, Brawley split his player props, so he basically broke even. Golf man went 12-8 and eight in props, up 2.8 units. And uh, Kevin Adams, we were very happy to see Kevin Adams, who actually is a very good gambler, I should say that, and is a great handicapper, and we do the pod with him. But he's not here, so we can fuck with him. Um, I was happy to see him be the only person down last week. Personally, I would rather lose... I'd rather see Kevin lose than me win, so this is just yes. a double win for me. It's fantastic. And we know he's going to get it right back, but uh, it was nice to see Kevin down a couple units. That was absolutely fantastic because we could just shit on him all week every time he tries to tell us who to pick in the Super Pod. Uh, staff was up over 25 units as a whole. So we won over 25 units last week. We'll talk about what units are and all that in a second. Uh, NCAA football, Cheetah, insane CLV. We'll talk about that later with that is closing line value. Literally getting like three-point moves on games, putting him in early in the week, 21 and 16. He was up for the two-week period. Mad Lab in MMA was 11 and 3 last week. He's 38 and 13 in the last three weeks. That's 75% of his MMA bets he's hitting. That's great because it's on Saturday, builds your Sunday bankroll. And Golf Man is up 86 units since fucking May at four outright winner props. We have the number one gambling staff in America, and it's not fucking close. 199, full season. Any final words, Rob? It's really not close. It's really not close. All right, let's get to the show. Gambling content here now, Rob. Uh, I posted a tweet. I posted a tweet basically saying, what do you want me and Rob to talk about? Um, I don't believe in show plans. You know, we talk about Rappaport doesn't fact check. I don't show plan. So I like basically letting you guys call the show plan and going off Twitter. But, you know, we could start it wherever you want. Where do you think we should start with this kind of information? Did you want to start? I I think we saved the picks. You know, we're going to give you guys a few plays Obviously, we put like 40 bets in on the site last week. So we'll give you one or two. We'll give you a play on the Thursday night game tonight. I'm not going to give it to you now, so you got to keep fucking listening. But uh, we'll give you a play for tonight. We'll give you one or two of our favorite bets for the weekend, and then hopefully you guys make some money and then sign the fuck up. But uh, what do you want to start here, Rob? Uh, I don't care. I mean, you can ask the questions. Let's just clarify one thing for people, and I think you already alluded to this for a second. It's Tommy G and I are very different gamblers. So you saw Tommy put in 14 bets last week. He always makes it work. He always fucking wins. Uh, <laughs> but it's just this machine gun approach. And I am, uh, as somebody who's sort of done this professionally and as a living, and I could just grind out smaller amounts of money uh, or smaller, uh, smaller play sizes. So um, when you hear us talk, it's a lot of yin and yang situation right. here where I'm this sort of data analytical guy. And Tommy G is, while he's a, a madman, he's more mad of a gambler. Man. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Rob's a handicapper. I'm a gambler. Okay. I happen to be a good gambler, but I am a gambler. I literally will just put plays in because the subscribers asked for them and they want action. So I'll just be the one to fall on the sword and throw shit in. Um, So that's kind of when you hear us come from different approaches, you're going to hear me say some shit that I do that I'd honestly tell you to listen to Rob over me when it comes to this shit, because he's the one who's done this for a living for a year. I've had multiple sources of income and just fucked around with gambling and had success with it. So, uh, so Rob is the authority on all things gambling. So some, one, some of the main questions that I'm getting a lot on these tweets is bankroll management, right? So you know, how do we manage a bankroll? What is a gambling bankroll? Do people have a gambling bankroll? Um, how many units should people do? So I guess the first thing we'll do is say, what is a unit? Because all of our games are basically based on units, Rob. Yeah, and I'd love to. Uh, I I can tell the people what a real bankroll is and how that works, and you could tell them how it works in real fucking life because we've had this right. conversation so many right. times. You do right? the real one, and then I'll tell reality. So so a, a unit, and if if you're taking an actual mathematic approach, it's one percent of your bankroll. So however much your bankroll is, it grows, it shrinks. So you know whatever it does, it's one percent of that. So theoretically, it changes every single day what your unit is. Um, Tommy, how does that work in real life though? 
Yeah, in real life, what people do is it doesn't matter what the fuck you tell them. They're basically just going to keep playing and playing and playing and fucking just pile up if they're winning and drop down if they're losing. And it, a unit is supposed to be 1%, right, or whatever the number is. But the way I would describe a unit is whatever your normal – I just use it as a normal play, right? So if this week you're playing 10 bucks a game – then your unit's 10 bucks in my world. If next week you're fucking, you hit for 20 grand the week before and you're playing $1,000 a game, then make your unit 1,000 bucks. So it's really a vague term because the reality is it's 1%, but just make it, if it's a one unit play, it's just a normal bet. Also, you'll notice between me and Rob, a normal play for me is usually two to three units in my write-ups. So when I do a bet, you see two to three units on it. That three units for me would equal one unit for Rob. So that's just something to keep in mind. The people who've been with us for a long time are aware of that. But uh, that's just something to keep your eye on there when going forward. So you'll normally see me up 15 units and Rob up five. We're tied. It's actually the same, basically, in, in the reality. Because I could go down a lot of units a lot quicker. Um, so what do you do? Do you, do you advise people to have a bankroll for the season, for the week, for the month? I know we differ a little here. Yeah, so I do actually. I have a MLB bankroll and an NFL bankroll. And I do that because I know... Um, where my strengths are and what I, I like MLB is my core. It's where I've always made all my money. So I have a bigger MLB bankroll than I do an NFL bankroll, but that's just a fact of me doing this for a long time and understanding where my money should be. Plus there's more volume in MLB too. And it's a daily fucking game right. where I have to get down large amounts of money constantly. Right. So uh, in the NFL, you're right. It's once a week I can get down, you know, whatever it is. Um, so if I'm an individual though, I, I advise you to do a similar situation where um, you could segregate these things a little bit and have, um, you know, your NFL and your basketball, et cetera, uh, separate. Yeah, I, I would say for me, I, just because I know you guys aren't going to do this, none of you have a set season bankroll. None of you do. Maybe there's fucking five of you. And those are the people that don't even listen to me because they're, you know, MLB model fans. But and I literally think he only has five fans. But the thing about the bankroll is most of you, what you're doing is you're just fucking playing whatever you're fucking playing. And it's like, you know, when your next check comes in, you're going to fucking play that. When your next check comes in, you're going to play that. So the way I would advise to do it is set up like at least a monthly bankroll, right? At least try and do that. Football is easy. It's, you know, only on the weekends. And then you have college football sporadically throughout the whole week. But, you know, set up an amount of money. I, I can risk $1,000 this month without the fucking lights going off, right? And break that into 250 each week. And then if you, you know, on Monday, don't go play $200 on the fucking Monday night game. Play 50 bucks, play 20 bucks, play 15 bucks, whatever it is. And then kind of see if you have a good Monday, then maybe you could scale up a little bit for Thursday game. If you have a bad Monday, maybe you take the Thursday game off. Uh, and then you use Cheetah and the MMA on the weekends and then our golf to kind of build for that Sunday bankroll. So try and stay within that 250 realm. Don't go outside those. Look at it weekly. Don't look at it yearly. It's too hard to predict 17 weeks from now. So just look at it from a week-to-week -week basis. But one of the questions I get, Rob, as far as scaling up, you know, do you scale up when you're winning or scale down when you're losing or vice versa? Is that something that you do? Well, yeah, it's just a function of my algorithms where I'm betting a strict Kelly criteria, which is this complicated math problem that you can Google. Um, but it tells me what my – it's a staking method. So it tells me what I should be betting. So that math problem – inherently the amounts get bigger as the bankroll gets bigger and the amounts get smaller as the bankroll gets smaller. So just sort of inherently in what I do, it's, it's elastic, right? It goes up, it goes down. It just depends on the size of the overall uh, nut. But the one thing I think takeaway for people that, you know, didn't bang a model named Kelly is that, you know, you're saying that you're actually going to go down a little bit when your bankroll goes down and you're going to go up a little bit when your bankroll goes up. I think a lot of these people chase when they start losing and start doubling down on their bets if they lose their first one. And then some people, when they win, start, you know, tripling down. And I don't think anyone ever scales down like a true gambler, right? You're either doubling down or you're fucking chasing with bigger money. Yeah, well, I scale down, but I, you do. You, but you're a handicapper. You're not. You a also know I don't chase. You know, you talk to Tommy G on a Sunday afternoon, and he's like, "I gotta get it back." Like he's firing, you know, firing more plays, all in plays. Jets money line. <laughs> exactly, and I don't really have that in me. So, uh, but Tommy, as a gambler, certainly does. I don't have it in me. It is me. So it is yeah, you. So, yeah. So that's why I said, "Do as I say, not as I do." Um, days off. You know, do you take days off if you're if you're cold or weeks off if you're cold? Like. You know, I know you trust the process and follow the model. And if the play says to play it, to play it. But, you know, there's sometimes no matter how strong you are mentally and how, you know, statistic and analytical you are, 
that, you know, you get a little broken. We've all busted out before. Most of us was when it was in our youth. Um, I had a few Italian guys show up at my door and kick my teeth in about four different times. So, <laughs> but we've all been there a million times. But, you know, how do you, what do you think of off days? Because I tell people in DFS, you know, take some days off if things start getting cold. You know, what would you do in gambling? So I take off days and it's, it's sort of, again, part of the process. And what's interesting is the guys that tailed me on the baseball season, uh, what I do, Tommy, 40 plus 47 units or something, so yeah, close to plus unlike. 50 units, maybe. Um, and when guys first started seeing my picks, they would say, well, what does this mean? I would put on market and I would have no picks for that day. So what that means is, is my numbers match the market and I have right. no edges on any games. So well, tell actually explain what you're doing because okay. in a lay terms and don't get all fucking Kelly system and shit like you're actually creating spreads, right? So I will make a spread for every single or not a spread in baseball money line for every single game. Right. And then I take my money line. So let's just make this real simple. If I have the Yankees minus 180. OK. And I go and I look at what Pinnacle has. Who's the sharpest sports book in the world? I go look at Pinnacle and let's say they're at Yankees minus 150. Right. So now I have a 30 cent edge on that line. I'm playing that game. Mm -hmm. If I'm on market, that game is minus 180. I'm minus 180. I have no play on the game. Gotcha. So what? So from a football perspective, I know the answers to these guys. I'm just asking as a host because trying to speak for you guys. But in a football game, what does it take for you to put a play on a game? Like if you see a line that you have at minus six and a half and Vegas has it at six, is that enough? to take it is it a half point is it a full point does it depend if it's on a key number like three or seven or if it's off it like talk to me a little bit about what it takes for you to put a bet down well it, it, it's going to be between a point and a point and a half um there are people that will argue if you have a half a point then you have, you an, have edge an edge and you would yeah. and you would play that edge so the edges are scaled though so you'll see me play a half a unit 0.8 units 0.1 units so let's say i've got a point and a half edge on a game you know, I might play one unit. If I have right. a one point edge on a game, I might play 0. 0.6 units. So, right. but it's somewhere in that point, point and a half range where I'm fine. So you'll scale your, you'll scare your unit size up more and down rather than will you play it or not if you have an edge normally. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And is there a certain, what if you had nine games on the board? Cause you know me, I just, I just fucking fire. I'd fire like Al Pacino and Scarface. I'll put 20 bets in in a day. But if, if, what if you only have like, one game on the board will you tr and you have another one that's like and eh, will you play two just to get that second game in there will you just play one and then what if you have like nine that actually jump off the board which i'm sure is very rare do you like playing that much volume in one day so I, i'm pretty uh, agnostic to the volume if i have 12 plays i'll play 12 plays if i have zero plays i'll play zero plays mm -hmm. the thing i will warn people that not me by the way if i have zero plays i'll play 12 plays Exactly. You might play 24. Um, yeah. the, the, Depends on the first six go. <laughs> what you'll see, though, is if you're having 12, if you do this, if you model games statistically or you handicap and you have 12 edges a day in baseball, I could tell you your model's broken. Uh, the right. market is sharp enough that you should have maybe three or four a day maximum. If you're having these large amounts, there's something wrong with your process. Right. I, I don't think I, I rarely see you have more than two or three plays in a day. Right. Yeah. So that's that's good there. Me, I'll, I'll force the fuckers in. Don't worry. So if you guys do sign up, don't worry. I'll, ke I'll keep you live. I'll keep you getting action. <laughs> so what we did with Jeff at the last podcast, which I thought was good, is we uh, we did a little bit of content and then we mixed in some fucking chaos and then we did a little bit of content and then we mixed in some chaos. So I think we uh, we just did about 10 minutes of content there. So I think it's time for a little chaos. And here is a big sticking point between uh, me and MLB model. Um, on, this is, these are Twitter questions. I posted a, this tweet like a month ago, and I got like 90 responses of all crazy shit to say on the podcast. So I'm just sprinkling them in. That's where the Jeff, Jeff uh, Ted Schuster's barbecue hand shit came from. And the <laughs> fuck Mary's Dude, I was shit. laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> so, that, was, that was great. So let's see if we can get a fuck Mary kill in here today, too. Uh, all the ones that we got are other people in the industry that I don't listen. This is a national stage here. I'm not going to go out and put people on blast um, throughout the industry that I don't like. And there's a lot that I don't fucking like. But for those of you that are listening, just know I got the gun now. All right. Your little your little podcast, with your little 20 people that you go and talk all the shit about Tommy G. I got the gun now. So be very careful. If you do step out of line, I will decapitate you. So bring it. Okay, that was public service now. Uh, let's do this. This has been an argument between me and Rob for a while. 
this was actually a question. On a scale of one to Derek Jeter, I'm obviously a Yankee fan and a huge Derek Jeter fan, how overrated is the show Ballers? I am going to go first. Actually, no, I'm going to let you go first, Rob. Well, considering Derek Jeter is one of the single most overrated players oh in God, all of I'm baseball, in the history the of the face. game, um, oh Ballers is on the exact opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, oh we could have the Jeter argument if you want. I mean, the guy was fucking, yeah. at the yeah, end of his yeah. career, he couldn't field a ball at short. Shut but, the fuck oh, at the end of his career. Dude played for fucking 50 years at the end of his career. Fucking idiot. We're not going into the Jeter argument because I literally don't want to fucking hang up on this podcast. So stick to fucking Ballers because we're going to fight enough here. Okay, so, so I actually love the show. I actually love the show Ballers. This it's piece like, of shit, dog shit fucking show. You love it. Well, first of all, I'm a huge rock fan. I mean, I got to tell anything The Rock is in, I love from Moana to fucking... Uh, Moana, was, uh, time out, Moana was fantastic. Oh, that shit. That was absolutely fantastic. Dude, I've seen Moana. it a thousand times. I have kids. Yeah, uh, so from, from anything The Rock does, I love. But Ballers is basically Entourage, which is one of the third or fourth best which shows in history. Which is one of the most overrated shows in America. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's not have this conversation. Yeah, I'm going to so, go there. I'm going to go there. Tommy G is going anti-entourage, which would probably be the most out of fucking left field thing anyone can imagine. But I'll touch on that in a second. Continue, Rob. I'm, I'm blown away. I would have thought you loved that show. Everyone so, thinks I love it. Ballers is essentially entourage, right? Except with sports. and I, Tommy, I don't know what there is not to like about this show. If you're not into the current season... Uh, it's it's just getting better and better and better. It's like this progressive. They can't uh, get worse because I only saw fucking one <laughs> season and I saw like fucking seven minutes of each episode and I had to fucking turn it off. Now, what's the bald dude's name who's in there who's in all the funny movies? Uh, I forget his name, but he's he's one of the main characters. The older bald guy He's in a lot of the comedy movies. Yeah, he's yeah, good, yeah. He, right? He, so there, there's one or two people that I feel bad for for having to be a part of that piece of shit, dog shit show. I actually appreciate The Rock. I won't say I like The Rock. I appreciate The Rock because to be able to do as much as he's done between wrestling and movies and TV and all that kind of shit with as little talent as he actually has <laughs> is incredible. So he's like the Paris Hilton of actors. But Rock, if you're listening, I fucking love you as a person. And, You're uh, welcome on the friend, show anytime. You know Trevor, right? His boy is actually The Rock's body double. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. But, but no, The Rock's fine. I, I, I don't dislike The Rock. He has a role. He has a place, right? But the show fucking sucks. It is literally fucking si How long is it? 60 minutes or 30 minutes? I don't even fucking no, know. No, it's about it's 30 minutes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's 29 too long. It's 30 minutes of fucking name dropping and fucking Antonio Brown just walked in and I just talked to fucking this guy and Ben Roethlisberger was over here. And did you go to dinner with fucking Michael Jordan? Because Kanye West just walked in. Just fucking name drop after name drop after name drop after name drop. It's so fucking annoying. It's such a sign of weak writing. And weak acting. The acting is fucking terrible. These athletes can't act. The main actors on the show can't fucking act. And as much as I am a Neanderthal, I try to consider myself more of a movie TV savant where I actually appreciate good storylines. I appreciate good acting. And that show just has nothing. It's fine if you're stoned and you're fucking about to fall asleep and you throw it on for five minutes to go to sleep to. But outside of that, Worst show in the history of television. Well, you know, the thing for me, I don't like the work. If it's entertaining, I like it. This is why I hate Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a lot of fucking work. Game I've watched two episodes. Westworld is amazing. I can't watch. I, I fell asleep on Westworld. Like, I need 30 minutes of entertainment, and then I'm out. That's my attention You know span. what's funny? You're so, so much smarter than me, but you're so dumb outside of your, your, uh, your job requirements, like <laughs> handicapping and gambling and running the company. You're a genius. Once you get outside of that, you're a fucking Neanderthal. Like, you're drinking canned wine and fucking <laughs> taking pictures of your goddamn knee and fucking watching stupid TV. Meanwhile, I'm the other way around. I'm a complete fucking Neanderthal in everything in life. But then once I get outside of that, I'm actually quite the intellect. You're an artiste. Like storylines, and I'm a little more artsy and, and things of that sort. Um, so, yeah, so fuck ballers. Uh, quick thing, and then we'll get back to it. Bachelor. You love The Bachelor. You're a huge Bachelor fan. I think Bachelor is fucking pig vomit. So this is not a lie. I, I, I will get sparkling rosé. My wife actually made these rosé ice cubes. So have like these rosé, frosé <laughs> things. Oh, uh, we kind of set the mood, watch the show, uh, no. you know, the, the whole thing. Save and, me. And, and, I love the show. I, and Jamie. I will watch The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Colton's the new Bachelor, by the way. I'm really excited oh, to see God, what happens with up. him. Stop saying, stop um, saying names of these But Tommy heroes. G, I will put you on fucking blast if you want me to, homie. 
About what? The text message you sent me? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me I get my forgot. phone. Let me, get my phone. Let me get my phone. You got, uh, I'm gonna, uh, first of all, you <laughs> have to do it because this is called No Mercy. So there's no mercy on me either. But fuck, I ran right into this fucking thing. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot they were the same show. <laughs> So I, I, I was dying. Oh, so so Tommy G texts me because I know how to find things on the internet and some things that might not necessarily be legal, like uh, yeah, live, everything, li- like let's live cockfighting. Let's let's talk over Rob. So Tommy G sends me the the message. Rob, how do I watch Bachelor in Paradise? Uh, I forgot there's on the internet. Show. Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. I actually kind of like that show. And I, of course, oh, replied, fuck. it's on the ABC app. No, you replied it was on the NBC app. <laughs> it's an All right, I gave you the wrong app. <laughs> but then I had to say, I'm looking at the text message now, is this real? And you replied, shut up, stupid. Just fucking answer me and don't tell a soul or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is true. Do you know what? I'll give myself a pass and we'll get right back to the content. Bachelor in Paradise, I watched that one season when that crazy dude was on it. Remember that fucking lunatic guy? What was his name? It's like season two or three. The psychopath, the complete psychopath that was on it. I don't watch Bachelor in Paradise as much as you. Uh, all right. No, there was someone on it. Maybe his name was Brad. Everyone on that show's name is either Brad or fucking Colton or something. Dad. But uh, I think it was Brad. But, dude, there was this fucking nut job who was on it who was just, like, losing his shit. So that's when I watched it, and I clicked back over to it the other day, and, uh, yeah, I'm watching it again. Anyway. Did you Pivot! finish, did you finish okay. the season? I, I'm actually I'm actually gonna go back and watch the first episodes. <laughs> Can finish that tonight. All right. I hate to admit it. I kind of like it. Um, all right. Dre has a question. The old Vegas is always right quote has been around for a while. How much truth is there to that? And what do you what do you look for when Vegas is wrong? So this is an interesting question for you, Rob, because of the way that you approach gambling. So this is actually a trigger question for me because yeah, it's a trigger. This is like this is like me asking you about you asking me about ballers. It is. I'm gonna start pounding my fist because. Vegas is not real. Like Vegas does not set fucking gambling lines. Okay. Let's be, let's let, let, first of all, let's talk about what a betting market is. So the most liquid market in the world is the overseas betting market. Uh, we're talking about bookmaker, Chris pinnacle, all of these offshore sports books is where the massive liquidity is. So on any given day on a football game at pinnacle, you can bet $50,000 and double tap it two or three times and get down $150,000 on a football game. Okay. You walk into the MGM fucking grand. Um, now they're going to take those bets, but the second you win one, uh, they're going to limit your market and, and really fuck you. So, right. uh, so Vegas does not set lines. They in fact scalp the numbers from pinnacle and, and, and shade them 10, 15 cents and rob all the tourists. So that's how Vegas works. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't actually set the numbers either. And neither does pinnacle. Okay. They will set a round number and say, I think this game should be minus 140. And then they open that number up in the overnight markets. Use football so, numbers, you fucking asshole. We're in football okay. season. All right. They'll open up at minus three. Okay. Right. And they'll open that number in the overnight markets at, say, 500 fucking dollars. Right. And they'll let it get shaped a little bit. And maybe that number will go to uh, minus three, uh, minus, minus 140 or something. Yeah. Right. So they let it shape, let it shape, let it shape. And then in the morning around 10 a.m., they peel the cap off the market, meaning, you know, before you can get down maybe 1500 They peel the fucking cap and say, go ahead and bet $50,000 at us. We're comfortable where this number is. So not different than the stock market in that the market shapes the number. Vegas, Vegas, I'm using air quotes. Vegas does not shape the number. The Rob's also so fired up, he keeps bumping a brim of his hat into the mic. But continue, I, Rob. Sorry, I'm so fucking pissed. So, <laughs> so think about it this way, Dre. Vegas does not exist. I like, I like that. That you're a podcast professional already, by the way. You're actually speaking to the listener, like as as a per, that. I like that move there. Listen, listen to this, Dre. That was very veteran of you. Let's be honest. There's not much I'm not good at. Um, so. The number is shaped by the market. So ultimately, there is no right or wrong. It's just where public opinion and sentiment and money is flowing. Okay, so you could disagree where that money's going. Maybe you just don't agree with it. Um, But at the end of the day, the numbers that you're seeing are not set by a man in a dark room in the back of the fucking Bellagio uh, setting numbers. It's all about the liquidity coming in on these games. Got got it. Yeah. And and that's correct. And. One of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people talk about 
you know, when looking at this is line movement, right? So when these lines start moving based on whether it's the open or whether you see late activity, um, personally, there's a game right now uh, that we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Uh, I think it was the Chargers game that's sitting at like minus seven, which I think is going to shoot up, right? So when you see lines move, now the, the short answer to that question from Rob was he doesn't give a fuck what the Vegas line is because he's setting his own line and he's just using that to see how far away they are from him, you know, the Vegas line. So it really has no reflection on he's going to make the line six and if they if the public or they move that line to five then he's got a bet if they if everyone's keeping it at six then he doesn't have a bet so it's he's basically the lead horse in that in that equation but um you know basically with with line movements though how do you track that someone asked the question like do you follow steam or do you fade it like what do you, what do you look at with as far as the line movements are concerned well a lot of times and this is more baseball related you know I might be the steam or, or the guys I know might be the steam or I'll know where the steam's coming from. Well, you guys move lines. I've seen it. Like Rob used to tell me this and I thought he was kidding, but you guys actually do move lines. Yeah. So, and the goal is not to move it. I mean, you don't want the line to move, but if you're getting enough liquidity on a number, the line will move. Uh, the thing I'll say about line movement and the thing I fucking hate about the DFS industry is guys mm-hmm. will quote line movement. Like, like it is some sort of God, like it is some sort of be all end all. And let me tell you what all line movement means. After you've seen the line move, you're too fucking late. Okay? Right. You want that move to be after you bet the game. If it moves and then you bet it, you're just doing it wrong because you've already lost the value on the game. Um, So there is literally no steam chaser that is a profitable gambler. You have to be in before the steam comes and before the line moves. One of the things that another question that, that this dovetails into is you and Preston get your games down early for baseball. Your bets were in the betting package by eight thirty in the morning because you want to get the best line possible. I'm a stock trader. I worked on wall street. I'm a fantastic day trader. I crushed every single Twitter prediction, I think on Bitcoin since the thing came out and I have the same philosophy, you know, like I, it's buy low, sell high, right? Like I don't want to wait till it turns. I want to catch the bottom. So you, you do have the same thing. You get on lines really early in the week. And some people ask, Tommy, why do you wait, whereas Rob goes in early? And I think Rob just kind of answered that question. He gets in early because he's already created his line. I don't have a supercomputer making spreads for me and you know the mind that Rob has to build a fucking Vegas line. What I'm doing is I'm basically doing a ton of research over the next you know X period of days and hours, and I don't want to put my bets in on Monday when I haven't had the full research. So I kind of bet from a DFS perspective a little bit where I'm trying to look for matchups and, you know, what's maybe the, what are these numbers missing? What are all these average betters out there that are pushing these lines, even the whales, what are they not seeing that I can see? Maybe they don't realize that there's a weak cornerback matchup here that, you know, the offensive line is weak on the left side and that's where the dominant pass rush is coming from. So I'm not as worried about losing some value on my plays and me and Rob have deb- we used to fight about this, and now we both just agreed, okay, we're both right because we both keep winning. So just you do you and I'll do me. But for me, I'd rather wait as long as possible until I have enough research. Once I have the research that I need to, to feel comfortable in my bet, I'm going to hit the line as long as it's within fair parameters that I think it's a good bet. It's just two different styles. Mine's more gambler and research from a DFS side, and Rob's is more handicapping line creation side. But you know, you kind of pick which side you're on, right, Rob? Yeah, well, Tommy, one important thing to point out, because I do, I, if I am not down early, you've seen me, Tommy. You won't I, even post. I won't. I mean, if yeah. I'm not ready early, I'm just call it a wash and say I can't play that day. Because the key difference here is you are, you are, you are betting on football teams. You're betting on baseball teams. I'm just betting against the market. So right. I yeah. literally put it. don't give a fuck who's pitching. Okay. You don't even know players are out sometimes. Like, you don't care. Well, because what happens is if there's injuries, right, all this data comes in, it's, gonna it's be all a, in my model, in the, right. it all gets put into the number. So I might say, that, hey, Tommy, where's the fuck's this guy? And Tommy's like, he's been on the DL for 30 days. Well, Robinson Cano. <laughs> he, he, he's been, been for for 30 he's days. been mathematically removed. Wait, how did you win your last seven bets on that team when you didn't know that? But I just don't know it. So You don't about, need to. So think about this way. You know, Clayton Kershaw pitching, okay? And and say it's 180, my number's 220. I'm betting Clayton Kershaw, right? Right. But let's say he's minus 250. I don't have value on that side. I might have value on the other side. So there is a number that right. I would bet on a pitcher or bet Which against a pitcher 
I don't give right. a fuck who the pitcher is. I'm going to pick a side based on the number. It doesn't matter You're to me. You're just betting the value on the number itself based on your supercomputer that you've programmed to spit out that equation. For and me, it's ugly, right? Like, I bet yeah, some it's dog ugly, shit dude. Plays. I saw you bet on yeah. fucking Matt Moore multiple times. And right. he, whether it won or lost, it was just, you know, that's the number's wrong. It's supposed to be plus 370. And, you know, it's supposed to be plus 310. And he's plus 370. I'm not not taking that. Which makes sense. I get it now. I just can't fucking do it. Like, I'm betting on teams. If, if, if I'm betting on Kershaw and he's minus 210 or he's minus 250, I'm putting the bet in. I'll just go down a little bit if it's minus 250. So if it's minus 250, maybe I'll do, you know, a grand on the game. If it's minus 220, maybe I'll do 1,100, 1,200 on the game. So I'm still going to have the same risk. Uh, if it's minus 300, I might just put, you know, 600 on the game. So I'll just scale up and down my size, but I'm betting teams. Uh, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at picking teams that are going to win. If you'll notice in football too, and this is, comes to another question, um, money line versus the spread in football, um, are there certain spreads you avoid? And also, do you ever buy points was a question. So I'll, I'll say I'm betting to win. If uh, the, One of the bets for this week, so we'll start getting to some of the bets. One of my favorite bets of the week is this, my same favorite bet of last week. I had the Jets on the money line. Uh, plus 250 last week. I think they're an underrated team. I think their defense is sick, and, and I'm high on them coming in. So I took advantage of that against a weak Detroit squad. And now this week, they're minus three plus 105 against the Dolphins. I'm just playing a minus 140 because for me, I want to be on the same team as the coach. I want to be on the same team as the guys where they're playing for me as often as possible. I'll lay the 40 cents to know that they're, they're trying to win. I'm trying to win. Because when, I'm, when I need them to win by four and they're already up by two, we're on different sides. So I'm going to try and take the money line as long as it's like 150 or under as often as possible. Once you get up to 160, 170, you know, then it's a different story. But um, I don't mind doing the money line on those games. I know, Rob, you pretty much just play the spread. Yeah, I mean, I would rather lay the points and pay the price of, say, minus 108 or minus, 110, minus 110 than um, you know, paying up that 30 cents because I personally um, don't like losing that value. I would rather lay right. this. I would rather lay the spread than than pay up in the money line. Right. Um, the other part of that question was buying the point, right, or buying the half a point or or whatever. And um, Tommy and I were actually debating this a little while ago, and we've had an ongoing. The seven debate. number is the big one. That's the question. But talk about buying points in general, and then we'll don't tell the seven. Is if you're going to buy any points, so I never will buy a point. I'll never buy a half a point. I won't buy a hook. I won't do it because I either have an edge on that game, which would, for me, as I say, would be one to one and a half on the spread, or I don't. And if I don't, I move on with my life. I just, I would rather not lose the value and lose and pay up than just, just not make the bet. If I don't have right. it, I don't make it. Yeah, and in, in my and you were saying before, what did you say before when you said the win probability has to be greater than the percentage that or whatever the fuck you said that sounded smart? Right. So, <laughs> so, so think about think about a line like this, right? That is the price, just like the price you would pay for anything, right? So, if you're going to pay minus one ten, um, that's the price to lay that spread minus two and a half or whatever. If you're going to pay up to minus one forty for the uh, money line your win probability has to increase by a percentage greater than the extra cost, right? Right. So a minus 110 line is a 50 to 51% percentage, right? If it's minus 110, right. that team's right, going to yeah. win 52% of the time. If you go up to minus 140, now we're talking about closer to 60-some-odd. I'm doing these off the top of my head, but 60-some-odd percent. So 8% more times you would have to win that bet to justify paying up the twenty percent increase in your in your your value there or whatever it is right and right. this is all expected value like what right. is your expected value on a bet I mean it makes sense um, like if you look at the Chargers minus seven um, another one of the bets that I really like I think when people look at it I think people I, I'm not buying on that in the gambling package this week I'm leaving the Chargers minus seven I try not to buy um, unless I have to. Uh, and by have to, I mean, I lost my first three bets, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, right now I'm up 14 units. I'm not buying, I'm not being stupid, but, um, so I won't buy on that for the simple fact that people think a push is a loss. A push is a win in gambling. Like if I'm buying the six and a half, I'm basically paying an extra 20 cents on that, on that 110. I'm paying an extra 15 to 20% more that I could lose 
to get the win instead of the tie. A tie is a win in gambling. If you get three hours of entertainment and you push, that's a fucking win. So, so I'm not, I always say buy to tie, right? That's one of the things I'll do. I'll buy to tie. You know, if I look like I'm in a bad situation, I'm more prone to buy a six and a half dog to seven to get to the tie number than I am to buy a seven to a six and a half to get greedy to turn a tie into a win. Does that make sense? I mean, buying is never right. It's never the right move. But if you're going to do it, I would say follow the buy to tie philosophy more than buy to win, right? Yeah. Make it, any sense to you? Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, you want to, I mean, you want to buy off some of these key numbers too. I mean, what I would do. So in the instance of you're debating uh, what game, the chargers, it's so, the charger game. Yeah. Minus seven. Yeah. Chargers minus seven. I mean, for a casual player. Um, sure. Why not? I mean, you know, the, the price, so you're putting the, two bets in this week. You, you want know, W's. But you want if W's. you're going volume, I think that's the difference. Everyone has these hard, fast rules of you have to do this and you can't do that. All these fucking sharp motherfuckers. Guess where they are? Guess where all these sharp kids on fucking Twitter, these fucking losers, these fucking nerds that claim that they're DFS gods who all were sitting in Bitcoin at fucking 20,000 looking like goddamn geniuses when the godfather came out and said you're about to get your head cracked and then all of a sudden they just... They didn't admit they were wrong. They just stopped caring about Bitcoin. They're the same people. They're fucking so... If you don't own Bitcoin, you're a fucking idiot. If you buy points, you're a fucking idiot. Fuck you, motherfucker. If you're doing volume, yes. If you're going to put 1,000 bets in or 500 bets in over the course of a season, then you better watch every little P and Q and point and 10 cents here and there. If you're going to bet one game this Sunday and you want to buy the hook so that it's either a win or a loss for the weekend, go fucking do it. Don't listen to these fucking, dude, fucking do it, dude. It's gambling. Nothing's plus EV. It's gambling. Like you're, you're automatically, you're gambling. So in that situation, if you're following us and you're following Rob, follow Rob's strategy. Um, we will advise you to not to really buy many points though. That is, that is one thing that we say. Um, to dovetail off that quick, teasers and parlays, Rob. Me and you, uh, I don't know if we vehemently disagree on this. I know my stand is strong, but um, where are you at on teasers and parlays? So I have no issue teasing football. And this is a, uh, a key point. So if I have the Chargers minus seven, I want to tease off that seven, right? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a key number. I want to get off of it. So if I can tease below seven with another team on a similar number, um, here you go, um, Philly uh, minus three. So if I could tease the Chargers and Philly, actually, this is a play, guys. No, you, you wouldn't want. do that because you, you wouldn't cross zero, right? All right, it went across zero. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, like, let's oh, here just we go. Make a Rams. Hypothetical. The Rams. Oh no, it's Saints or something. We could tease off the Rams, right? So Rams. Yeah. So we could tease Chargers past seven and the Rams down under thirteen. So if you could tease down off of those key numbers, uh, then I do it, and I have no problem. Actually, I have no problem with that play. I might make it. Uh, the Rams right. No, if you think about it, because you're passing when you say key numbers, you're talking about numbers like three. You're talking numbers like seven. I'm sure. Would you consider six a key number? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather. So, so with the thirteen, you're going from thirteen to six. So you're you're killing a key number at seven. You're killing a key number at ten. You know, you're killing a bunch of key. No, even thirteen itself is somewhat of a key number. It's probably not as big as fourteen, but it's pretty big. But if you can get so down that, past that seven on that teaser, is what I'm saying. So you can tease those two, right. get below seven on them, and your EV goes up. So I, I'm, I'd be good with that teaser. Yeah. So, and what about uh ten point teasers? <clears throat> Excuse me. 10-point teasers seem to always lose, right? Like, I don't like doing the three-team 10-pointers because every fucking time you lose the 10-point favorite, every fucking time you lose the t- It seems like that, at least. And what happened this week with the Saints? Like, the Saints were the only loser in everyone's 10-point teasers. But, yeah, uh, and what did I tell you? People? Like, there's yeah. a reason your bookie will let you tease 10 points because right. it is so sexy to the man on the couch who goes... There's no way. There's no way to say right. to lose by 10. There's no way. And they throw them all in, right? Yeah. And, and what happens? It's free money for your bookies going to Disneyland. Yep. I, I, I don't like three-team teasers at all. I like two-team six-point teasers, like you said, off the key numbers. And I usually like to tease things up. Um, but I don't like the three-team 10-point teasers. That extra three points that I'm getting per game is way less valuable to me than the risk of having to win three games instead of two. So. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it's the same way. It seems like you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if we got another question here. Actually, let's go to one of the stupid questions here. Um, this one. Dude, I don't know what happened. Me and Jeff did a lot of anal talk yesterday. 
So I, I think this turned into like uh, just all anal and cock sucking questions from Twitter. That's but fine. This, was a, good this that. was a little bit of an older one, so fuck it. Um, <laughs> all right, so let me let me lead with this. All right, this was an old question that went viral within our company. Would you rather? And I changed it from eighty twenty to ninety five five because I think it, to make it more fair. Would you rather give the first ninety five percent of a blowjob, or the last five percent of a blowjob, assuming a five minute blowjob? So you have to suck a dick, and you either need to do all the work for like four minutes and 40 seconds and just <laughs> or you could just fucking be like the Mariana Rivera and we just tap the wrist, bring in Robbie to closer and you just <laughs> which part four minutes and 45 seconds or have to be the closer. This is the easiest question I've ever been asked. I clearly take the 95%. And let me tell you why. I'm going to do <laughs> a fucking speaking. I'm going to do a fucking terrible job. You will not <laughs> I do picture you giving a horrendous <laughs> blowjob. You will not enjoy this blowjob. I and can so, see Jeff Mans giving a glorious blowjob. Like I if, if I could see him like just beautifully masterfully slobbing on someone's knob. In my but dream, you, in my dreams, he does. Fucking lazy, yeah. drunk. Like, I picture you being drunk on canned wine and you're fucking smacking the side of your cheek, like just fucking lazy. Listen, I am mailing it in. I'm gonna do the ninety-five percent. I'm gonna mail that shit in, and I'm gonna uh-huh. call it a day and let somebody else just have the uh, have the grand prize. <laughs> have the sloppy load. <laughs> I, I I'm the same way, man. I, I think it's I think it's the ninety-five percent. Who was the twenty percenter? Was it DC? Yeah, was DC. Yeah, but DC I, actually said yeah. the 20, and it was twenty percent. It wasn't even yeah. five. Yeah. The draft sheet was on the other side of that. But yeah, I'm I'm team ninety five percent all day. I mean, I, I don't even think that's fucking close because the problem once one and, and there's nothing wrong with this. Once a dick goes in your mouth, you you sucked a dick. Like that's happened, right? So like whether it's there for a second or whether it's there all day, it's like the same thing in my mind. So I'd rather just keep the load out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know. Speaking of that, so this was a question that was actually directed at one person, and I don't want to isolate anyone, so I'm going to make it our whole staff. And I'm going to leave some people off, like Vlad and Thad and, and people that are respectful, Ray Flowers. I'll leave the guys who actually have respect off, and I'm going to ask you, Rob. All right, assuming that members of our staff actually were interested in the same gender, so the men that I'm talking about, were either you know homosexual or were women in another life or whatever it was. So assuming these people were actually interested in the same sex. So this is a totally different type of question than the one we just asked. So if Jeff, I'll just use a woman. Obviously, there's more than just women, but I'll just make them all women. If Jeff Mans was a woman, do you think he spit or swallows? I'm going to give you the whole team, and you tell me spit or swallow. Uh, oh, he 100% swallows. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think Jeff would take pride in his craft he would take notes on watching pornos uh he would be masterful as i just said earlier draft sheet and you could give a little tip on what type of bj you think they'd give uh, I, I think DC's like a violent spitter. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like that guy that, or that girl that gets it. And then it's just like the most foul thing you've ever had. In the mouth <laughs> of the entire world. It's just like, <laughs> and it just fucking goes all over the room in the air. Like it just, it's just raining. That's the way I could see DC spitting. Dude, 100%. If DC were a girl, he would be such a fucking whore. Like, it's not even close. He'd, he'd be the one that, like, has the reputation around town that, like, listen, she's not that hot, but you got to get your dick sucked by her. Um, <laughs> for sure. Just absolutely choking that big fucking line of mucus. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> El Jefe. Jeff Collins. It's like a smooth swallow, you know, like he used to do smooth the podcast swallow. where it was like the Bob Ross style. Ross. It's very smoothish and um, relaxing, relaxing. Very, you know, don't have to worry about teeth. It's very calm. <laughs> um, I don't see it that way. Um, I think Collins is the like, ew, don't get it on me, girl. You know, like I, I think he'd be like the eh, like, like kind of giving you a hand job and like turning away like where like. You can't see me right now. You can, Rob. But like your shoulders pointing at the cock, 
like ah, like fine and just going down and like eyes closed like miserable like just barely opening the mouth and then when you're about to you, know, you tell him like i'm gonna it's just like oh no and like when it hits the skin he runs to the bathroom and like wipes it off <laughs> <laughs> where's the towel where's the towel <laughs> uh benny swallows Benny swallows yeah. too. Benny's a hard worker. Benny's no a hard worker. Yeah. Benny, Benny, Benny will grind out. Benny won't stop until you finish. He's a grinder. Sure. He's in it to win it, and he's going to finish 100%. the job just like everything uh -huh. else. 100%. Ted. Ted Schuster. Oh, man. Is this rib hand or no rib hand? No, um, no, no rib hand. No rib hand, Ted. Uh, yeah, there's no way Ted is swallowing anything but a rib. No. no. Yeah, Ted's... Ted will be the lazy, like, all right, just fucking do it. Oh. Like, he'll let you just, like, kind of fuck his face. And then he'll just, tell you, just, just do it wherever you want. Just do it on my face. I don't care. Just, just make it fast. Just hurry up. Uh, Mad Lab. Oh, fuck. Let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. I'm not answering this question. If you, get, if you got, I, I don't give a fuck about any of these other guys. Mike is six foot seven, fucking 350 pounds, and could twist my head off my body. Uh, Mike, I love you, brother. I'm not answering this question. <laughs> No fucking way. No chance. Uh, I know how much of a freak in the bedroom is. Not personally, but uh, through stories. Uh, Mad Lab, at Mad Lab MMA, our UFC guy and my, one of my best friends and partners in the company. Um, he'll be on the podcast, too. I know. I, see, I think, I think Mad Lab takes so much pride in his craft. Like, you've seen his MMA articles. They're 11,000 words for every fight. Um, he takes so much pride in it that I think Mad Lab's the type of guy who will have some, like, technique that you don't even see coming. <laughs> And he's definitely swallowing it. He's staring you in the eyes when he swallows it. He's looking right at you. <laughs> That's the most intimidating image I've ever had in yeah, my life. Just like, just like, yeah, that, that did nothing. You can't phase me. Um, and then we'll, we'll end with, I'll leave Kurt alone. We'll leave Kurt alone. For yeah, don't one. fuck with Kurt. All right. So, uh, by the way, Rob, another question. Uh, first bet you ever made. Oh, one. man. I, I, I guarantee you, it, it, people that are like our age, Tommy, so me and Tommy are like pushing 40, right? We're in our late 30s. And by the way, we're going to do the, we're going to do a couple more picks right after this and then shut this fucker down. Is uh, my father used to bring home the uh, parlay cards, the college football yep. cards, the little sheets of paper. Yeah. And so like, tell us like 1988. I remember being like seven or eight years yep. old, eight years old. And I'd get to make my picks, right? Yep. My dad would Dude, put in the $10 we, and, and. We never won. Like, <laughs> it was just a flat donation. But I'll never, every Saturday or every Friday, I used to make the picks on the little card and send them in. And my dad would send them to the bookie or whoever. And that was my first taste of gambling. Dude, that's so crazy. My first was a scratch off from my dad. Um, it's so funny how, like, we talk about, like, affecting the youth. Like, we're both degenerate <laughs> gamblers. And both our stories start with our dads when we were the age of seven. They say, like, your whole personality is developed by the age of seven. So, uh, yeah, guys, if you have kids, maybe don't have them gambling until they turn eight. But, um, yeah, mine was the same way. It was scratch-offs, and I just was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then we went to High Lie, and then uh, we were betting on some High Lie in Florida when I was young, and that was amazing. And then I remember the first office pool when he brought home, and he let me fill it out. And uh, it might not have been the first one. Obviously, revisionist history, like, in my mind, it was the first one, but it might have been week 10 or whatever. But I remember um, we won. He had me fill out the card. It was the office pool. And I went, like, 14-2. and two won the pool for the week in the office for like $800 and he bought me a uh, Nintendo and it was like the biggest fucking deal in the world. I mean, he kept like $600 of it, but he bought me like a 200 So, So the messages you received was not only is gambling fun and good, you also get a payday at the end. You Here's your Nintendo. <laughs> Young Tommy G. I've been chasing that Nintendo for fucking 25 years. <laughs> All right, let's go. We'll get on to some more gambling strategy and stuff on the next pod next week, but let's get into some of the games tonight. We got a game Baltimore-Cincinnati. Um, this line's moving all around a little bit. It's not moving much. It's going from, like, plus one to minus one to pick them. It's kind of flying around. Where do you have it right now, Rob? Baltimore uh, Ravens, Cincinnati CSC, Bengals. See, since he's sitting at plus one, minus 105, so it's, uh, it's, it's aligned at uh, minus one, just about across the board now. It has moved. Okay. Uh, do you have a play on this game? I actually have a play in the article on this game. So... Uh, twist my arm i'm going to play baltimore i don't have a strong feel for this game one way or the other i mean i i would lean baltimore um so yeah i guess i'll take baltimore yeah i got baltimore uh i have it at a pick em in the article it moved to minus one so we got a point in value there by accident um trust me i didn't know that was happening but um yeah i got baltimore i'm just high on baltimore this year i really am uh, i've been high on flacco and my preseason draft guide i said i like flacco I like the weapons that he has there this year compared to other years. I don't like the Kenneth Dixon's out, but then again, it might actually give more carries to Alex Collins. 
uh, which will probably be a good thing considering that they went almost exclusively Dixon, 13 carries to seven last week over Collins. So uh, I do like the Ravens here. I'm not a big Cincy guy. I don't like betting Cincy. Don't love that they're on the road in this game, but uh, but I do uh, like the Ravens. So that's a pick of mine. What's one of your favorite bets of the weekend? I mentioned that I like the Jets uh, on the money line there. You're plus money on the on the minus three right now. So you can buy it down. In this situation, Rob, when you have the Jets minus three plus 105 and you're buying the half point, which would put you at only minus 115, would you consider it then? Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate yeah. it at all. So, so you could do that. You could buy the Jets the two and a half minus 115. Um, I just took to minus 140 um, in this game. But uh, that's one of my favorite bets on the weekend. Give me one of your favorites, Rob. Yeah, I'll have a bunch more heading into the uh, weekend in our uh, betting package. Um, this play actually got steamed a half a point. Uh, actually, right around when I played it, is the I, I like the Jets or the Giants um, Dallas over forty two. It moved to forty two and a half. Um, I would have a slightly smaller play at forty two and a half, um, but I I still like the play all the way up to forty three. So mm-hmm. if you can get that over at forty two and a half, uh, I like it. And it looks like it's forty two and a half minus one fifteen on mine. So it looks like it's heading on its way to forty three. So. Not, not bad there. Um, I, don't, I don't hate the Giants in that game. Uh, that's going to be a play of mine. I like the Giants. Uh, I think you can go the Giants on the money line. That's the thing. Even though I'll do money lines uh, on the minus 140s here that you'll see with the Jets and stuff, I also balance that off, out by doing a lot of money line dogs too, as you saw with the, uh, with the Jets plus 240 last week and then the, the Rams minus 12.5 plus 240. So I think that's important. If you are going to buy points and play money lines for favorites, you need to counterbalance that by having some plays on the dogs, you know, to kind of offset the amount you're laying on a consistent basis week after week. So, you know, that one Jets play will offset, you know, 10 point buys if I wanted to do it. So, you know, I think that's important. I like the Giants to win the game against the Cowboys plus 130 plus three. Uh, also mentioned the uh, Chargers. But me and Rob and maybe Kevin, it might, I might not even be on it. I don't know if I can. I'm recording with Rappaport and uh, I got to do my article and then the live stream on guruleet.com with man's friday so i don't know if i'm going to be on the super contest pod this week i know you will rob uh i'll give my information and my plays so that'll be there for you to uh spit out to the peoples but uh that's behind the paywall at guruelite.com as we said earlier get over to guruelite.com sign up for the gambling package and uh next week we'll probably flip the script a little bit we're still figuring out our format here we're at an hour and seven minutes so not bad uh any final words here uh mr robert anything i forgot or left out no, I don't think so, Tommy. This has been great. Um, the only thing I wanted to point out is that uh, you got you made it all the way up to number seven yesterday. Is that right? Uh, for No Mercy, yeah. No, we made it to number eight. Number eight. We're number still eight. sitting at 14. How the fuck are we still at 14? I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I think uh, this is a glitch. I have no idea. But if this doesn't move the needle to seven, um, I would be fully fucking shocked. And I told Jeff Manns that I was going to outpace him today. So uh, thanks for having me on. I was actually, uh, I bet the minus 210 that this drops us to 50. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared to death. I'll send out some tweets that'll generate some real interest. Yeah, following Jeff Manns with MLB model is like following a a nice steak with fucking curdled milk ice cream. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm a little worried that this is going to fuck us up. But it was a good run while it was there. So uh, get over to GuruElite.com. Go join. go, Go to iTunes. Subscribe. Give us five stars and fucking leave a raunchy, awesome review. And, uh, and that's it, Rob. I got nothing else to fucking say. Final words. I got nada. Thanks again, brother. All right. Thanks for coming on, Robbie. Great job. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. For MLB Model, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers.